2: in 20 minutes another scintillating edition of gtfo or oh yeah alongside jim rodriguez i'm chris Mack, joe and aaron off today welcome into betql daily presented by betmgm lightning bets before we wrap up the show as well if you missed it earlier don't worry it's what your odyssey app is for get in there Listen to Beck UL. You can rewind or download it later as a podcast. Our division-by-division catch-up on the NBA started today with the Northwest. Nuggets, T-Wolves, legit Western Conference contenders, maybe even NBA title contenders. OKC, okay, how far can they go? All inside your Odyssey app. And we started out the show talking about Mike Tomlin and Justin Fields' love affair because, hey, Valentine's Day is tomorrow and you never know. When the cute boy in class may drop a chocolate in your Valentine's Day box, J-Rod. Wait, wait,
0: Valentine's Day is Day's tomorrow?
2: tomorrow? Yeah, don't worry, I almost forgot about it too. We're oh, both screwed. I, know.
0: I, I, I gotta go, hang on a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> uh, let's dive back into college hoops because there's a decent <laughs> card tonight and we had another top 10 team get bludgeoned on the road last night. It's like baptism by fire now. You have to lose on the road if you're a top-10 team. Isaac Trotter, National College basketball writer for 24-7 Sports, joins us to talk about it. Isaac, first and foremost, are you prepared for Valentine's Day?
1: <laughs> I'm not, really, to be honest. I'm really trying to, trying my to work my way out here. Maybe I'll do, like, <laughs> some homemade chocolate-covered strawberries, and maybe maybe she'll like that I'm, like, going above and beyond to make them myself Rescore instead of buying school. them. That's kind of yeah. My, yeah, that's kind of my game plan, I think, right now. That's i think i have move. a keychain like, or something
2: laying around here maybe i can get the you keep out. looking jim um yeah, yeah. So <laughs> i mentioned baptism by fire isaac like everybody in the top 10 has top 20 i guess really has an ugly ugly loss on their resume at this point and it happens again last night with kansas i mean we're at the point where hold on i, I had the number looked up earlier i want to say it's 30. So it's a ridiculous number. The number of top 10 teams that have lost, 33rd time, 33. Yeah. An AP top 10 team has lost on the road to an unranked opponent this year. Most in the AP era. Um, what do we take away from Kansas's loss specifically last night and Bill Self kind of imploding? And then I, I guess project out over the rest of the landscape uh, because of this.
1: Yeah, I wasn't too stunned that Kansas lost last night. I guess I was a little stunned the way it looked, though. Uh, that was a little bit surprising to me. Obviously, Kevin McCullough being out was something. But Kansas and really beat up. They've been sick. Guys not practicing. So I think a loss made sense. But the way they got bludgeoned was a little bit odd to me. Again, it's another sign. This is a really, really thin group. So, yes, Kansas's A game is awesome. And, yes, we've seen them beat great teams this year and embarrass really good teams this year. But in the Mar- in March, you're going to have to find a way to win six that's a little bit tough when you have maybe six guys that you trust in this rotation right now. So it's interesting. But again, like when we talk about all of these teams getting killed, I don't know if it means anything because if it's happening to everybody, like what does it mean anymore? Like uh, one other thing I looked at too, 47 of the top 50 teams on Ken Palm this year have lost a game by double digits this season. Like the only three that haven't are Duke, Illinois, and Florida Atlantic. It's like, it just seems like that's just the way it is so it, it it really was interesting because you see Tennessee gets blasted on the road and then Alabama gets blasted on the road and then Auburn gets blasted on the road it's just like this is kind of what basketball is i guess this year and it's it's really hard for me to be like well we got to eliminate every single team that gets crushed because every single team has gotten crushed this year
0: yeah i think is is this sort of like are, are we maybe un- unconsciously uh, saying like like we do in college football, where if a team loses, well, that's it. They can't, they can never, they can never win the national championship, or there's no way they're going to win the national championship. It, it's not college football. And again, on top of that, we know these teams are going into the tournament. But that being said, is there any teams that, despite the, these ugly losses, that you still say, listen, I'm still putting money on them in the tournament?
1: Yeah. I think we've had a conversation before about, okay, Purdue and UConn are this top tier. I'm kind of wondering if Arizona is starting to join that top tier with them. I was super impressed with them last week, going on the road, winning a triple overtime game against Utah, then going on the road and beating a pretty, pretty good, talented Colorado team by 20. That's impressive. So in an era where, Hey, everybody's losing on the road, big, big games. If you can go on the road and also win and look really good, like that makes, that makes a little bit more sense to me. This is an Arizona team that they've had some pockets right early in the year where you've seen them lay some eggs, but we also see them. They're old, they're experienced. They have a lot of different ways that they can beat you. They have one of the best X's and O's coaches in college basketball. They're deep their fourth and fifth guards are better than about anybody. KJ Lewis is a monster coming off the bench. Jaden Bradley would probably start for 50 teams in college basketball right now. Like, and they both, those guys come off the bench. So I'm looking at this Arizona team going, man, they, they check off a lot more boxes for me. So is that a group that could potentially join that top tier? I think I'm there. And I, I wonder if this is a good spot to buy them. Cause you look at the rest of their schedule, they might play just one NCAA tournament team the rest of the regular season. Like, they, they have a chance to get really, really hot here. They're playing well. They have a chance to get hot. We could look at them as a team going into March where it's like, hey, they, how many games have they won? They won 13 games in a row, 14 games in a row, like, and we might miss a number. So I wonder if this is a buyback opportunity on, on Arizona at 12 to 1 to win the national title because maybe they are at that 7 to 1, 8 to 1 range like Purdue, like UConn in a couple of weeks.
2: I was even going to bring up the final four number, Isaac, 260, you know, 250, anywhere from 250 to three, three to one uh, for Arizona to get to the final four. Cause I think that's the point where we're at with this season now is you bring up a good point. Like UConn or Purdue are the two teams that have looked consistently very good all year. And it's about figuring out that next tier because that helps us figure out, okay, who are our final four? Who are our elite eight? Who are going to be on the one and two lines in a couple of weeks when we're filling out our brackets And I guess that's where we're trying to see, you know, you mentioned Tennessee three to three and a half to make the final four right now, 14 to one for the national title, North Carolina, who's going to go on the road to Syracuse tonight and is coming off uh, a difficult loss. Also 14 to one national title around three fifty to make the final four. So um, maybe that's the question then, where is the value for you on maybe final four bets as well as national championship right now, given what we're seeing from that second tier of teams.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure where the buy point is for those right now. It's just it's really, really tough to understand it. I'm I think the bracket this year matters maybe more than ever before because I don't think the gap between, you know, that fifth best team in the country and the twenty seventh best team in the country is that wide for me. You know, you look at Texas Tech right now, that's maybe like a top 25-ish team. That's a really, really good basketball team. And so I feel like the bracket for me is going to be vital. I I do think there are some long shots out there, too, that make some sense, too. Like Wake Forest, that's a team I keep going back to. That's a really talented club. What number can you get for them to make the Final Four? If they make the big big dance, like that's a really good team. Florida. Is a team we had 90-1 to on them to win the SEC earlier in this a couple weeks ago. Now it's down to 40-1. to They're really talented. That's a really good group. So maybe it's like I'm starting to look outside of the board of, like, these top teams that have the talent to make a run where I can get a big number on them to make the Final Four in this league where we kind of feel like it's pretty wide open after the first two or three teams. Those are the angles that I keep looking at.
0: While the future is important, Isaac, we also have to concentrate on the now. And there's a couple of games that you've got some plays with tonight. What are you looking at tonight on the board?
1: Yeah, for me, I I think Cincinnati minus one and a half against Iowa State makes a lot of sense. Both of these teams are two of the best defensive teams in the Big 12. They're really physical, really tough. Cincinnati really needs this one bad. We've seen them play well at home as as well, too. But they're coming off a tough loss to Houston. But the thing is, is Houston's defense and Iowa State's defense, they're very similar. So I think a lot of the prep that they had for Houston will play tonight against Iowa State. And Cincinnati just got C.J. Frederick back in the rotation, too. We'll see how much he plays tonight. He's one of the better catch-and-shoot guys in the country. Why does that matter? Well, Iowa State ranks 330th nationally and the most, like allowing over 10 unguarded catch-and-shoot threes per game. So tonight, for me, if if Cincinnati just gets shots on the rim, that's the huge win for them because if they don't turn it over and just get a shot – they're one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the country. Iowa State has struggled giving up offensive rebounds. They've given up double-digit offensive rebounds in six of the last seven games. They have the worst offensive rebounding rate for their defense in Big 12 play. So just getting shots up. If I if I think Cincinnati wins the shot attempts game tonight, I think they could maybe have six or seven or eight shot attempts more than more than Iowa State. And they have the size. I think it's a good spot for a team that really, really needs this one to feel good about themselves on Selection Sunday. Like, you don't get many quad one opportunities at home. you got to take advantage of them, and this is a big spot for Cincy.
2: You mentioned the defense there, Isaac. Uh, what about props for that
1: game, player props where people can get them? Are Is it unders that you're looking for? Some of them, yeah, for sure. I, I think the rebounding one, too, is is an interesting angle. For me, I look at the top offensive rebounders on Cincinnati, whether that's Aziz Bodego, Victor Locken, guys like that for rebounds against them. Um, we'll see what that Milan Momsilovich line is for me as well, the Iowa State stud freshman who can really shoot it from three. But Cincinnati's done a good job for the most part this year at limiting some of those open threes. So those would be some props I'm looking at. Another prop I really like tonight is in Creighton, Georgetown. Uh, Jaden Epps over 16 and a half makes a lot of sense to me. He has the second highest usage rate of any guard or any player in the big East so far this year. And Creighton's a good defense, but they don't turn you over. They'll let you take shots and you don't need to give Jaden Epps many opportunities. We've had seen games this year where he has 27 shots in a game, 19 shots in a game. And so when I attack the prop market, I'm looking all for volume, right? And if I know that projecting tonight, you're probably looking at Epps at 18 to 19 to maybe 20 shots tonight to get 16 and a half. That's a pretty good spot for me. And then you look at the recent lead guards against Creighton. Desmond Claude had 22. Devin Carter had 28. DJ Davis, 22. Alamir Dawes and Kadari Richmond, Seton Hall-Star duo. They both had 21. So I think in a night where Georgetown's going to have to try to get to 70, 75, 80 to beat Creighton, Epps is going to be a big part of it. you got to be aggressive. I think he's going to come off ball screens, get to the middle of the lane, and take a bunch of shots. Now, they might not go in. The volume might not be there, right? Like, or, or the, the efficiency might not be there. But if I get eight for 20 tonight, you're probably you're probably on the right side of over 16 and a half.
0: Now, Isaac, you're talking to a guy who went to Creighton. Am I laying 18 and a half? I know it's at home. 18 and a half. That's that's plump.
1: It is. It is. And my fear with Creighton this year, I think their defensive numbers are a little bit better than what they're actually playing defensively. You know, they they're a team that they they can be a little bit I don't want to say soft, but they don't make you uncomfortable, you know, and that's a little bit of a scary thing for me. This is a Georgetown offense that they're not talented. They don't have a ton of talent. They're not very old, but this Creighton defense doesn't turn you over. They don't make you uncomfortable. They don't make you take tough shots that can lead to teams, you know, kind of sticking around in that 16, 17, 18 point range. I don't think I could lay that tonight.
2: Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports National College basketball writer with us here on BetQL Daily. Let's stay focused on tonight's card. Um, I have a question about this one because it's a team in my backyard. And they're going to Virginia where the Cavaliers have not lost yet this season. But Pitt's been, this is two hot teams, right? Pitt has played better as of late, a win for them. You talk about the hunger effect, really, when you talk about Iowa State-Cincinnati and the Bearcats desperately need that one. Pitt needs this one to firmly put themselves back on the bubble as well. Um, what's, what's your look on Pitt-Virginia tonight?
1: Yeah, I haven't been a huge fan of this Virginia team to be honest. So I've kind of waiting to see when is the right time to go back against them. I'm not sure this is the the right spot for it though. Pitt is a team that they've been decimated by injuries, so they're going to play, you know, kind of their core six or seven or eight guys pretty much all game long. But for me, I'm looking at Bub Carrington under 12 and a half points as a Virginia defense that's been phenomenal this year. And what are they good at? They they force turnovers. They don't give up open threes and they really don't give up much in transition. So if I'm trying to bet a Bub Carrington over, it's like, all right, does he have to make seven tough contested mid range twos against the best defensive guard in the country and Reese Beekman? Cause he doesn't, he doesn't get to the free throw line. They're not going to get threes like that. That feels like an under for me, under 12 and a half, even though he's going to be on the floor probably 35, 36 minutes a night. So that's probably my lean for me. I don't know if I can bet the side on this one. I lean maybe toward the under because Pitt, again, doesn't have a lot of rim pressure. They're going to basically shoot a bunch of jumpers tonight. And Virginia, shooting contested jumpers against Virginia feels like a pretty rough strategy and could potentially lead to an under with two teams that don't necessarily play at a high tempo. So it could get really grimy. Uh, and, but I I just, I think that this is a spot where Virginia wins, but I'm not sure they cover six and a half. I don't think I can lay it, but I do like the Bubb Carrington under 12 and a half.
0: Isaac, there's no way Kentucky's losing at home to Ole Miss. They're not losing four home games
1: at Rupp, right? Yeah, I think this is a good spot for Kentucky. Uh, they're getting healthy. Uh, they get Trey Mitchell, I think is going to play tonight. DJ Wagner back in the lineup. This is a group that you have got to run on Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss is, is starting to play a lot smaller lately, and Kentucky makes you play small, and I think that's going to be the key. I think I think Kentucky's guards are just too good for Ole Miss's guards, even though Ole Miss's wings are tough and physical, and Chris Beard's a really good coach. I think Ole Miss is going to come in really prepared, but Kentucky can really – you know, Ole Miss, we've seen them have times where they just go on like three, four, five-minute scoring droughts, that you have one of those against Kentucky and you're down 12 in a heartbeat. Like that's just how it is. It's, it's a, that's a really scary team to go against. So I, I think Kentucky finds a way to get back on track against an Ole Miss defense that you can run on a little bit. And if you can get to the rim and finish at the rim, you got a chance against Ole Miss.
2: Check him out. 24, seven sports, national college basketball writer, Isaac Trotter. Isaac, thanks so much for the time. We'll check in again next week. If you don't mind. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, great stuff there from Isaac Pitt, Virginia. We touched on Kentucky. Like you said, J-Rod, I mean, Kentucky doesn't lose at home again. I think it's just a matter of do they cover the number and how uncomfortable does it get at Rupp tonight because everything's been uncomfortable for the Wildcats lately. (laughs) Coming up next, uh, we're going to go all over the place. We've got a question about Kansas City. We've got a question about somebody who maybe should be headed to Kansas City. What else could they possibly need? And a question about the Niners. Favored? They just lost. They're favored plus a few others will sprinkle in as well gtfo or oh yeah next here on BeckQL daily this is BeckQL daily presented by betmgm from betql aaron and joe off getting some much-needed Much deserved vacation time. Welcome back into BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack alongside Jim Rodriguez, J-Rod holding it down with me here. Lightning bets before we wrap up the show live here coast to coast on the BetQL network and wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. That's how you listen to us live wherever you may be going, whatever you may be up to. That's how you rewind anything in the last 72 hours you may have missed. That's how you get us as a podcast as well, or wherever you get your podcast, to be honest, you can get BetQL daily and catch up on anything you may have missed. You can watch the show too, twitch.tv slash BetQL or YouTube. That's where you want to be whenever we get an opportunity to bring the flowing locks of Mario into the show, which is what we do now with a little thing we call GTFO or oh yeah.
0: It's now time for GTFO
2: or Oh Yeah. And this is basically just a nonsensical way to dance through a bunch of topics. Um, I'll explain once again for those that may be new to GTFO or Oh Yeah, Mario will present a topic. And then J Rod and I will opine with either TTFO. That's terrible, Mario. Why would you suggest something like that? Or oh yeah, I like that. I like yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. Um and again, your oh yeah's can range anywhere on the scale of, oh yeah, that's a good idea, all the way up to the Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh yeah. Uh if you'd like to go that far, J Rod. Don't that's always a possibility. You can turn it up to eleven listen. if you want to. I'm glad I'm glad Mario- you're not fencing
0: me in. I'm glad you're no, not fentanyl.
2: no, me. Hey, the the, the, the the oh yeah is your oyster. Feel free to respond any <laughs> way you'd like. Uh, Mario, what do you got for us?
3: All right, to kick it off for GTFO or oh yeah, let's start with this. The Chiefs are worth the sprinkle to win it all every single year. They are now officially, officially, guys, a dynasty. In the NFL and for next year to win the Super Bowl, they're at plus 750. So I ask you, GTFO or oh yeah, Chris Mack, Chiefs are worth a sprinkle every year to win it all.
2: Oh yeah, I got to agree with you. As long as the dynasty exists and as long as we're not talking about Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes walking away from this thing. And Mahomes isn't going anywhere. He's only 28 years old. Andy Reid has said that he's coming back. Reid's got a chance to chase down Belichick now, possibly, right, in both championships and wins. I mean, it would take a while to get there. And, yeah, he's 65, so he's not getting any younger, especially with all those cheeseburgers. But um, there's no reason they're going to break the band up anytime soon. It will be tough to, to withstand the loss of Chris Jones. Uh, just re-watching some of the clips from Sunday night in particular. He was wrecking shop, even if he wasn't getting to Brock Purdy every single time. And so that'll be tough. But that's why they went out and drafted this a couple of years ago to help reinforce and bolster the front on their defense. And I think they'll be able to survive the loss, assuming Chris Jones goes off and gets paid somewhere else. So, yeah, I'll sprinkle a little something on him next year. And as long as Mahomes and Reed are around J-Rod, it's an oh yeah for me.
0: To quote... The infamous Macho Man interview with the late, great Mean Gene Okerlund. And hopefully they're doing interviews up in heaven right now. Oh, yeah. The cream rises to the top. Oh, yeah. The cream rises to the top. And he just keeps pulling out the little creams and mean jeans. Like, what are you doing? Of course, listen, I've said it on this network. As long as Patrick Mahomes is playing, I'm betting on the Chiefs. He is, he is he's the equivalent of Derek Jeter. I would never bet against Derek Jeter. I would never bet against Patrick Mahomes. You know, plus 750. They're not even the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan and his who knows what rules, and I don't know what time the game is, and what time does the bus leave, and he he looks like a he looks like a divorced you know a softball coach with his flat bill, and he, now he's pissing me <laughs> off at Kyle Shanahan. No, but seriously, I, I plus seven fifty, always put some money on the Chiefs. The cream rises to the top.
2: There are so many ancillary shots taken at Kyle Shanahan. There, I love it. <laughs> finally, it finally <laughs> came out. From his inability to communicate rules to players to just wearing a flat-brim hat. J-Rod, totally out on Mike Shanahan's son, Mario. That's it.
3: No, I kind of agree. Like, this isn't baseball. Take the flat bill out. Like, who Who do you think you are? He looks like the dad that's still trying to be cool at his daughter's basketball yeah. game. It's like, let's give it up.
0: Yeah. He's the divorced oh, yeah. dad that shows up at the barbecue. Oh, this is Brenda's boyfriend. Hey. Uh- <laughs>
2: Kyle never shows up for work on time. Yeah. Look, as what a dad do do? who knows oh, a as a dad who knows what un, what not cool is, like, I'm totally with you. Nobody likes the dad at the basketball games or the softball games with the flat brim hat. You're right. It's no, just bro. it's no, it's a bad look. All right, Mario, what else you got?
3: And like the new Nike jumpsuit. That's like the type yes. th- something like Shanahan would wear. Yeah. That's exactly what it'd be. Um, and the
2: super tight and the super tight, super short joggers that look like capris, like Mike McDaniel, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. Once you're get past thirty-five, your car bro,
0: and get out of here. Get in your electric <laughs> car.
2: And get out of here. Get out of here. Once once you're past thirty-five, stop with the capri-style joggers. Can we just make that a rule? Over thirty-five. Maybe I'll even give you till forty. Maybe if you're like an athletic forty. Not this guy, obviously. But once you get past forty. No. The, the Capri-style joggers, leave them at home. You're not Mike McDaniel.
3: Hmm. I'm 25, and I got those on accident, and it, it looked really awkward. and looked really weird. How do you <laughs> accidentally accident. buy pants? It's I got the wrong type. I, I wanted one type, ordered the other one, and I'm my, not a big return guy, so I just ate it. My question remains the well, same. How do you order the wrong you- pants? <laughs> the confusing website, man a pretty I thought I don't know I was it was bad. Wait, wait, wait. That was my confusing best thing, but website. It was,
2: wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Confusing website for the general public or confusing to Mario style website.
3: All right, we don't need to like point fingers that hard, but like I guess it'd be like more at me. Like I thought they sent me a backup like the ones I wanted, I think, were sold out, so they sent me, like, a backup. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, thanks, man. You can't
0: gotcha. order clothes done. at 4 in the morning after a night out. Sorry, can't do it.
3: Could be a part of it as well. Lesson learned. But, hey, what are you going to do? Hmm. Yeah, we still learn at 25. Uh, GTFO, oh, Yeah. Oh, one last thing on Shanahan. He's like the type of guy that wears glasses. You're like, oh, I didn't know you had to wear glasses. I'm like, no, it's blue light glasses. And you're like, all right, so you don't need glasses. This is just a choice. <laughs>
0: That's
3: you know? it. They're, dri- a- they're driving glasses. Get them off. Come on. <laughs> all right. Uh, stay with Kansas City. GTFO. Oh, yeah. Mike Evans should make his way towards Kansas City. Um, we also obviously saw this past year the receiving core was not the best. Mike Evans one of the most consistent receivers, and you know he's could be on the wrong side of thirty. So GTFO, yeah, Mike Evans should make his way towards Kansas City.
0: Ah, listen, I think I have a very difficult way of looking at things. Maybe I've lived in Miami too long. I think your your objective as an athlete is to get paid, and then if you win a championship, congratulations. I think you're in this thing to get paid. The Texans have $70 million in cap space. The Colts have $63 million in cap space. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to have that much money to give Mike Evans. Maybe they will because uh, uh, of Chris Jones uh, leaving. But I would say, say, oh, yeah. But, again, I don't know. I don't know if Mike Evans wants to go somewhere to win a championship, which he could in Kansas City or get paid a truckload of money to go to Houston or, or, or Indianapolis. I think that's going to be something he's going to want to decide. But, yeah, definitely, if, if I'm Andy Reid, if, if I'm Mike Evans, you yeah, the opportunity to play with, with Mahomes and win a championship, be in New Orleans to or get another Super Bowl, go three-peat, sure. But how much, is that gonna, how much of a pay cut am I going to have to take?
2: Yeah, that's the question here. Um, this is tough, too, because – he built some chemistry with Mayfield down the stretch, right? I, like, I get it. It's Baker. And you don't know if Baker's even going to come back to Tampa. So that may be something they talk about on the side. Hey, are you going back? Are you going back? I don't know. We're in a crappy division. Could we win the division again and go back to the playoffs? Maybe. I don't know. How much do you want to get paid? If you're Mike Evans and and you're curious, and look, if you're Mike Evans and you have a good agent, they've already told you the answer to this. But if you're Mike Evans and you have a bad agent, you go to Spot Track, right? And you go, oh, wait, my. Oh, my market value is $23.8 million a year. Um, and I can get, according to this, a four-year deal. I don't know how many people are using a, a four-year, nearly $100 million deal on Mike Evans at the age of 30, 31 by the time the next season kicks off, I think. Um, so it's up to him. It, if he wants to go out and try to strike it rich on one more deal, yeah, to your point, J-Rod, find the team with a wide receiver need and a bunch of cap space who's trying to make the leap to the next level, <laughs> the Texans. Um and go there. That that that's a great call. If you're Mike Evans though and you know, you want to go out on top, you want to be maybe looked at as a missing piece, maybe it's a Kansas City type place, but here's the thing. I don't think the Chiefs, the Chiefs have proven to themselves over the last few years since getting rid of Tyreek Hill that they don't have to have a premier wide receiver. They don't. MVS can go three months dropping footballs and all of a sudden he shows up in the AFC championship game. McCall Hardman can have everybody wondering what he's doing on the active roster. And then all of a sudden scores the game winning touchdown in overtime. Travis Kelsey is their number one go-to guy and Rasheed Rice is going to grow into that over the next couple of years. They don't have to go out and get a Mike Evans. So from Evans perspective, I would say if I'm interested in getting a ring, one more ring before it's all done, oh, yeah. But more than likely, I want to get paid. So, GTFL.
3: Yeah, and also, I mean, we've seen in the draft many, many times you can get a pretty good rookie receiver. And you can get him in the first round, or you can get him in the third round, or if you're the Rams, you get him, like, the sixth round and still find right. a productivity in the Chiefs, make smart moves. Staying in the NFL a little bit, one more thing before we move on. Let's go back to our big man Kyle. Let's make fun of him some more. Uh, GTFO! or, Oh yeah, Niners should not be the favorite to win the Super Bowl in 2024. Right now, our good friends at BetMGM they are the leader at five to one to win the Super Bowl for next year. So I ask you guys, GTFO! Or, oh yeah, Chris Mack, Niners should not be the favorite to win the SB in 2024.
2: I mean, I understand if you want to make them a favorite to win the NFC, right? Because the NFC, much less stacked than the AFC. But again, until Kyle Shanahan breaks through the glass ceiling that is playing the Kansas City Chiefs and maybe not being able to coach his way out of big spots successfully, especially against the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know if I like the Niners as the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I will say this. I understand it from the perspective of you've got a million weapons around Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is... The best game manager, and again, I don't mean that as an insult. I don't. Brock Purdy is very good at managing those weapons within the 49ers offense. I give him credit for that. He did not turn the ball over on Sunday. They didn't lose because of Brock Purdy. So I understand from the perspective of they have things built correctly the way they want them to be built, and it's a very talented team on both sides of the ball. It's hard not to look at them and say it's the most talented and most well-balanced team on both sides of the ball. I understand it from that perspective. But from that perspective, they were also point-and-a-half, two-point favorites in the Super Bowl, and they just lost it. So you can have the most well-built team in the league. You can win 13 times in the regular season. It doesn't mean you should be favorites to win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs would be my favorite just because, well, they just did it, J. Rod.
0: Yeah, there is a there is a crazy stat that I think John Elway was the last guy to win a Super Bowl after losing his first try at winning a Super Bowl. Okay, so by that by that metric, we're not going to see Brock Purdy in another Super Bowl. So therefore, therefore, I would say, uh, yeah, they shouldn't be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Because I think coaching, as I've said before, coaching is what won the Chiefs the Super Bowl. Execution also won the Super Bowl, but coaching put them in a position to win so their great players can do it. So, uh, yeah, hell yeah, they should not be the favorite to win the Super Bowl because, again – by that metric, and we got guys like Jared Goff, we got guys like uh, uh, Joe Burrow, we got guys like Cam Newton, guys who lose their super, their first Super Bowl appearance never get back.
3: Love that stat. All right, really quickly, we got about sixty seconds. GTFO. Oh yeah, Las Vegas should host the big game again, again, and again. Chris Mack, you look like you're a Las Vegas guy. Go ahead.
2: I love Vegas. I haven't been back in a long, long time. Um, but no, the, the the whole thing of the Super Bowl is it rotates around to different places, to different fun cities, right? Miami is a fun city. Tampa, even smaller, but still a fun city. New Orleans next year. Dear God, New Orleans was supposed to be this year, but then it turned out that it timed out to, it was, you know, Mardi Gras, Super Bowl, same time, couldn't do it. But New Orleans is a fun city. L.A., Keep Vegas in a regular rotation with those places. Sprinkle in the occasional, you know, Dallas or Houston maybe because it's nice weather and a dome stadium. But no, you can't do the same place every year, J-Rod.
0: Everything's better in Vegas. I would say yes, only if the Super Bowl gets moved to Saturday because you need two days of rest after the Super Bowl. In Vegas.
2: Oh, that okay. And then And then give me a national holiday on Monday as well. Let's make it a nice long weekend. Let's give ourselves some time to breathe. No time to breathe before we wrap up. Lightning bets to wrap up another edition of BetQL Daily next.
3: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by MGM on the BetQL Network.
2: Welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app, and on your screen, wherever your device takes you, twitch.tv slash BetQL, and on YouTube, Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. That's where the best clips will go. That's where we'll keep you up to date on things throughout the day, not just when we're on the air, including links to the podcast. As soon as it's ready, download us wherever you get your podcasts. For anything you may have missed, Isaac Trotter and Reed Wallach on College Hoops, our NBA division-by-division division recap, uh, sort of catch-up to this point, started today with the Northwest and our biggest NFL lessons from the 2023 season as well. Speaking of NFL, uh, Brian Gertsch, uh, executive video producer, pointing out that looks like the Bengals, there are some reports, maybe tagging T. Higgins, that according to The Athletic, so... One of the first big dominoes on the offseason may be falling. When we talked about Mike Evans and wide receivers. Um, T. Higgins being locked up by the Bengals for at least one more year would be big with Joe Burrow coming back healthy. We talked yesterday, J-Rod, about, you know, that's kind of an under-the-radar story. I don't say under-the-radar. Nobody's forgotten that Joe Burrow exists, right? And that the Bengals are going to be much better with a healthy Joe Burrow, but... You look at the game we got Sunday night, I don't know if the Niners, how do the Niners fare in that game if they're facing the Ravens, if they're facing the Bills, how different is the story, how do things play out, and we kind of just forgot so many of us over the last few weeks, and even a couple of months, about the Bengals, because no Burrow, Jake Browning held it together for a couple of weeks, and then, well, right. he's Jake Browning. Sorry, no offense Jake yeah. Browning, but you're Jake Browning. You're not Joe Burrow. Um, and Joe Burrow's going to be back. And if you've got T. Higgins at his disposal again, alongside Chase and Tyler Boyd, that offense is going to click. And I still think if you're looking for an outside, sort of down-the-board AFC Super Bowl bet or MVP bet, I don't know if I'm placing those in February, but Joe Burrow and the Bengals would be near the top of the list if I were. Yeah, and I, th- I, think, I, think,
0: I think the Chiefs won that game uh, because of coaching and then the execution of the players, all things being equal. I mean, who knows? Maybe Cincinnati goes out there and blows them out of the water and they're not even in that position. But be, I know we're doing lightning myths, but I, I thought of a I saw something that was really interesting. Now that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, they get the first game, right? They get the first Thursday night game of the season. So I was looking at the Chiefs' schedule. First of all, if you're a Chiefs' season ticket holder, their home schedule is amazing. By the way, it's worth the price. Yeah. But what would be the be what would be the Chiefs' first home game? What would be that Thursday night game? What would be the opener? I mean, I was thinking they play Baltimore. Bengals. These are all games in Kansas City. That's Baltimore, tough. AFC title game. They play Houston. So CJ Stroud. They play the Chargers. They play the Chargers. Jim Harbaugh's first game. And they play the Bengals. These are all Kansas City home games, which would be great. NFL Week 1 Thursday night opener games. I'm sure the other networks would be screaming because they'd all love Baltimore, Cincinnati, Houston, right. and even the Chargers for Harbaugh's
2: first game. Curious to see what that Friday night game is too. The Brazil game with the Eagles. Right. Um, there's been some scuttlebutt in these parts. First of all, let me let me walk that back. Nobody uses the word scuttlebutt. That word hasn't been used <laughs> in approximately 75 Ash, years. Eh? Some scuttlebutt around here. Um, there's been a few rumors circulating in these parts that the Steelers could be that matchup for the Eagles, uh, in the Brazil game on that Friday night. First time they'll play a regular season game on a Friday night. I want to say in like 80 years in the NFL, but different story for a different day as we get closer to schedule release in a couple of months, sometime in late April, early May, probably lightning bets right now, J-Rod, I'll let you lead us off. What do you got for tonight's action?
0: Well, down here in Miami, the, the, the Heat are literally limping to the finish line of the all-star break. Three players not in the lineup tonight for Miami at, at Milwaukee, including Jimmy Butler. So I will take the Bucks laying eight and a half at home against Miami. I do like Triple J, Jaime Haquez Jr., over 13 and a half points in that game because, again... No Jimmy, so who's going to score points? So I love Jaquez, who has been a low-key rookie of the year candidate for Miami, over 13.5 points. Staying in South Florida or Central Florida, the Thunder are, are up in the happiest place on earth to play the Magic. I like over 223.5 in that game. I think it's offense plenty in that game. And a little Champions League for our footy friends. Oh, the round nice. of 16 today. Byron Munich against Laz Lazio. I like over one and a half goals for Bayern Munich in that game, round of 16 in the Champions League. Let's go over one and a half goals for Bayern Munich.
2: Oh, all right, a little footy included there. I a like little that. Footy put a friend? We're yeah, friends and stuff. <laughs> um, here's what I got. I'll start in the NBA since uh, before you got to the footy. That's where you wrapped up, and you mentioned OKC in Orlando tonight. Um. I like the Thunder minus the two and a half in Orlando. Um, I like SGA to get back on track from a scoring perspective as well, over 31 and a half. I mentioned it earlier. It's almost just a blind play for me every night when the Thunder are in action to take SGA over his points prop because he's hit it so often. Uh, so OKC minus the two and a half at Orlando and SGA over 31 and a half. We'll keep it on the hardwood for some college bets. I'm going to tail Reed Wallach Butler at home, getting four and a half against Marquette. I like his logic and his reasoning for it in a very crowded second tier of the Big East. Marquette is very good, but it is a crowded second tier of the Big East. And going on the road in the Big East, almost as difficult as going on the road in the Big 12. We saw how that worked out for Kansas last night. And speaking of going on the road, uh, a big game for Pitt tonight. On the road at Virginia. I'm not taking a side here uh, on either the spread or the money line because I think it's going to be low scoring and it's going to be tight. But because of that low scoring, I like the under. Under 121 and a half. You go into Charlottesville against the Cavs. A Tony Bennett team who hasn't lost at home yet. The defense is going to be smothering. Um, Isaac mentioned this earlier. Isaac Trotter. You can rewind or download it as a podcast later. Um, Virginia's defense against a jump shooting team like Pitt could be very ugly. I mean? Field goal percentage is going to be low tonight in that game. So I'll take under 121 and a half on Pitt and Virginia. And then a couple of hockey plays for you. Yeah, let's go on the ice. Colorado and Washington. Avs visiting the Caps. Last time they played in Denver a couple of weeks ago, this game produced eight goals. Over 60% of Colorado's games have gone over the total this year. Know the abs have the offensive talent, so give me the abs and the caps over six goals tonight. And Vancouver in Chicago, the Canucks are good. The Blackhawks, well, they're they're not. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. <laughs> uh, give me the Canucks on the puck line. Uh, they beat the Blackhawks by a pair, two nothing. Uh, at home against the Blackhawks uh, just three weeks ago, and they haven't lost to Chicago yet this year. So it's going to be Vancouver for some value on the puck line in Chicago tonight. Those are my lightning bets. Does anybody else have some action? Jake, do you have anything for us? College baseball is right around the corner. I know you're excited about that. We talked mm-hmm. MLB futures today. What do you got?
3: Yeah, uh, college baseball starts Friday. I'll go over all my futures uh, on Thursday, and then, of course, we'll do the games on Friday. Uh, but I do have one NBA play today. I get to fade Doc Rivers, also known as Glenn Rivers, and the Bucks on the second night of a back-to-back after they had a win against the Nuggets yesterday. Give me all that. I'll take the heat. I'll take the eight points. Love everything about that. And then you told me to double down, so I'll double down on it, Chris. I'll go under 93.5 for the Yankees, and I'll take them to yes. miss the playoffs. Plus 340 yes. for the Yankees to miss the playoffs at our friends at BetMGM? Yes, please. Absolutely. Give me all of that.
2: That's all I was looking for, Jake, was for you to stand behind it. That's all I was looking for. You're I goaded go you into it. And now I'm going to have to root for the Yankees this summer, which is going to be painful.
0: So Listen, all, all I know is that I tailed Jake last year with Arizona. I thought Arizona was going to be good, but then he explained to me how good the Diamondbacks were going to be. And so I, I, I owe you an adult beverage for that, Mr. Jake.
3: Hey, you know where to find me? Mm-hmm. Right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right, there. Here, right there. I never I, in I swear in front of, of that place. window. My, my, <laughs> my mail comes to this place at this point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mario, you don't have any bets, do you?
3: We got a couple on the hardwood, baby. We're flirting with some. Um, I like the right, Thunder. I'm you with you, Mac. I like the Thunder two and a half get against Orlando Magic. Also, take SGA's over in points, thirty three and thirty seven. Last time he's faced the Magic, um, he also the Magic don't defend guards well, so I think he'll be able to get the basket a lot. And he's on his MVP trail right now. He wants that MVP, and give it to him. I want him to have it. Uh, So I'll take the Thunder, two and a half points, SGA points. Also, a little late night thrill. You don't need to go to Tinder, ladies and gentlemen. You just need to watch the Kings and the Suns. I like the over 245 and a half. The Kings, high scoring games recently. They love pushing the ball up the floor. And they also love to not play the best defense. Uh, so I think it's going to be a high score game. Like I said, a little late-night thrill. Don't cheer for the under late night. Don't be a loser. Uh, cheer for the over. Cheer for points. Have a thrill. Put down the tender. And happy Valentine's Day. And have a great day today. And have a great night. You are going to follow your own advice? We
0: always root Absolutely. for scoring. Absolutely. <laughs> we always root for scoring late at night, right? Is that, is that what you're telling me, Mario? Always yes. Always always root for scoring late,
3: late at night. Late at night. <laughs> no one likes to non-score at night.
0: Oh.
3: It seems like a waste of time then, doesn't it? all this for this
2: yeah that's maybe maybe you need to stay on the tinder mario maybe all this for an under come on i mean maybe maybe We'll, we'll see you can tinder and watch king's sons at the same time
0: yeah but if you're not careful and you swipe the wrong way you get all of a sudden you're like hey wait who's this
3: why swipe the wrong way when you can bet the right way?
0: Hey, that you that's know what? Teacher. We're going up to management. Boo. That's going to be the new FQL.
2: Copy right
3: that one.
2: You said that with such a confidence in your voice, it makes me think you've been workshopping it for a while. you um, said it a couple <laughs> times
3: before. It
2: makes me wonder what's been going on Multiple. with Mario after Multiple. midnight. Nothing good happens when, after midnight. segment
3: on Wednesday. We go through Mario's DMs
2: tomorrow we're back at 9 Eastern for more nonsense for Brian Gurch on the video for Jay Kasan, technical director for Mario and that beautiful beautiful hair for J-Rod I'm Chris Mack this has been Beck UL Daily